Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. To all the non-believers, how did that? To all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all pro teams in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. NBA free agency has started, ladies and gentlemen, and a lot of moves made, things moving, things happening. But, of course, the Knicks thing, Pat has usual. It's the box out. Khalil, Jason, WG Sports Radio, and it begins right now. Welcome to the Box Out here on Double G Sports Radio. My name is Khalil. He has always the man, Jason Cordner. Jay, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. This is, uh, we had our show last Thursday, and we said it was going to be kind of fast and furious, and it started right at midnight with some major announcements. Uh, I have to start with local teams, obviously, because this is a tri-state area basketball show, and talk about the Knicks. So over the last few days since free agency started, the Knicks has been linked with Deion Waiters and uh, Drew Holiday's name popped up. George Hill's name popped up. And you kept hearing all these rumors about Knicks being interested. And in, in addition to them trying to find someone to run the team full time and nothing's happened. And the Knicks are kind of just sitting there just holding Pat, not really knowing what to do. And now they're linked with Rajon Rondo. So what do you think about what's going on with the Knicks in where do they go from here at this point? I think the Knicks need to hire a general manager first, or a, uh, president of basketball operations, and they might have to. I know we're going to talk about this later, but I think it might be the mellow, and that might be the domino that needs to fall for the Knicks to really go forward. Because as we've seen by all these free agents being signed, there's not really much left for the Knicks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of this show it rolls off the block as well. Yeah, it's – the and the rumor over the weekend into this week was that Carmelo Anthony was willing to waive his new trade clause for a trade to either Houston to play with his buddy Chris Paul or to Cleveland to play with his buddy LeBron James. Now, the problem with this is if you look at both teams, I think we texted about this, both teams really don't have much to trade, especially – Houston, because Houston pretty much traded their entire team for Chris Paul. So, yeah, it'd be great if you can get rid of Carmelo and get rid of the money and kind of start over, but you're not getting nothing back in return for him. Yeah, that's what makes everything such 
I'm looking at the projected trade offers, and I'm like, none of them seem appealing. They almost seem just as bad as a buyout, so it's like a real lose-lose situation. But I do think Carmelo's that black cloud that needs to just go. He needs to go away. He needs to be in the contender. And I think the Knicks need to do an official reboot. But as part of me also feels like if Carmelo stands packed, the Knicks could actually make the playoffs in a very depleted Easter conference. Yeah, you see how the East has been decimated uh, over the last few days. You see Paul George going to OKC. Let's start with that trade because that trade happened pretty quickly right before that, right before free agency even really began on uh, Thursday and Friday morning. I don't know what Indiana was thinking, but they gave up Paul George for basically nothing. It you, t- you took a bad contract in Victor Oladipo. You picked up some bonus who had an okay rookie year, but you didn't really know you really don't know where what he is yet. And you got Paul George to combine with Russell Westbrook. How shocked were you that one this trade went down, and two that Indiana didn't at least try to get a pick of some sort from OKC? Indiana, I don't understand what's going on over there. It's one of those, you know, you cut off your nose and spite your face kind of moves where Boston offered them three number one picks and they turned it down because Indiana's in the mind state of the old school mentality that we all used to have. We're like, hey, I'm not trading you within my conference, so I'm going to shift you up to the West for nothing. And you really end up hurting your team. So it all goes back to the analogy that I've been hearing all week, which is the Eastern Conference teams are run by idiots and morons. There's no way you give up Paul George for what you got back. And the only saving grace for the Indiana fans is they got back a native son. They got back somebody who was a great player at Indiana College. So it makes sense a little bit. But they did, you know, it was one of those, they panicked. They would have tons of better offers coming into this week. And I was really shocked they pulled the trigger on that. It's good for Oklahoma. Now Russell has someone else to pass the ball to if he chooses to pass the ball because we know how Russell is. And, to, you know, come down to crunch time. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work out at, at all for Oklahoma. Well, that was my next question because we know Paul George wanted he, – not want – wanted. He wants to go to L.A. He wants to go to L.A. next summer. And it's kind of laid out. Do you think – and now I'm, I'm just kind of freestyling. If – OKC has a season better than they had this past season. What's the percentage of Paul George staying in OKC, or do you think it's 100% he's going to L.A. next summer no matter what? Oh, I think it's 1,000% he's going to L.A. I think Paul George is probably right now in Oklahoma looking at some nice rental properties because he's not he's not buying. He's renting on a state out there, and he's going to L.A. It's kind of like he's on a connecting flight. Oklahoma is the first stop, but we know what the final destination is. I'm still I'm still in shock at you, you trade an all star, you trade someone who can who was a focal point of your team, the face of your franchise, someone that the ball ran through him. The France of the team ran through Paul George, and you trade him for Victor Oladipo and Little Sabonis, and you said to yourself, Boston offered three first rounders to get Paul George, and he turned them down. It's like what? I understand they're going through some type of change with Larry Bird leaving and Larry Bird knowing what was going on. He said it we said months ago. Larry Bird knew what was happening. That's why he left when he left. Yep. It, it, it still it bothers me that, that that the NBA allowed that trade. That was one of those trades. Like, this is what the NBA should step in by. Listen, guys, 
try, at least try to make this somewhat fair, at least try to even it up a little bit. Well, you, you know, you're talking about the NBA. I think David Stern might have to start stepping in here. Not David Stern, Adam Silver might start step, stepping in here because the thing about Paul George and Jimmy Butler got shipped off for nothing. I feel like the Knicks could have got somebody. They could have they been in play if that's all they were giving up. Yeah, I mean, listen, big roster, essentially Sabonis and Oldipo, that's Courtney Lee and Hernan Gomez. And if that was what was on the table, and Indiana's willing to be that stupid and take that trade, why not put that trade out there for those two players? Because you pretty much have the same two players on the Knicks that you have for OKC that got traded. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it, it's it, goes to show you, it goes to show you how clever those Western Conference GMs really are. Well, it, see, but say, is, is it because they're clever or is it because the East GMs are just dumb? Listen, let's put it out there for what it is. Yeah, you're right about that. And <laughs> to the Western Conference, including to the Western Conference, I thought they would, everybody would have rolled over and like, okay, we're just gonna assume the Warriors, you know, global domination. But not every team in the West, even now, the Sacramento got better. So, even so, I feel like Sacramento picked up some pieces, but I'm still on. I'm still on, on Vladi Divac's watch about when he's going to get fired. Because I really feel like he's not, he's not the person who should be running a franchise. So even when they made these I signings think, I think, and got – I think he saves him, I think he saves his job for at least one season now. I think he saves until next summer. Really? I mean, they've got a couple of nice little pieces to go along. You know, you got Hill to Groove Fox and you got um, Zebo now. And it's, it's a nice little team. They can compete for the eight seed. Speaking of uh, Zach Randolph, it came down not re- actually within the last hour, hour and a half that Randolph signed Sacramento, but Memphis announced that they will be retiring Zebo's number, number 50, down in FedEx form in Memphis. I I don't know why they're even retiring his number. Maybe it's just me. I feel like he he's a good player. He did a lot for that franchise and created this this – he, he created this this atmosphere. He helped create it with Gasol and Tony Allen and Conley. But should they really be retiring Zach Grant's number when he didn't bring a ring? I don't think he made it to the Western Conference Finals when he was there. What's the point of the retiring his number? And he's still active. So, like, yeah, you're going to retire an active player's number when he really didn't. He, he created a culture, but did he really do anything really magnificent for the Memphis Grizzlies? No, but he just energized a fan base that didn't have any team before. That's all he did. But yeah, he definitely shouldn't be. I'm surprised that they announced that so soon. Like, wait till he retires, you know. Yeah. That it, was kinda, uh, I, it, I, thought it, I thought it was kind of it was kind of Jay-Z-ish. Kind of like high schooler. It really it, it was. And I, I feel like it's the Grizzlies' ownership knows that they're about to hit some lean years. And I feel like this is their way to, okay, we can get one guaranteed sellout. When we get either Zebo comes in, has a, has a Sacramento King, or when Zebo retires, they didn't say when they were retired. I don't think, but it could be either why he's still active or when he retires. But they can guarantee themselves one sellout for that Zebo night, and that's about it. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. You're absolutely right about that. So, and we'll stay in the West, and the Clippers is the, the Clippers are interesting. They trade away Chris Paul to Houston for a 
a, a king's ransom. But then they re-signed Blake to a max max deal, which I'm still not sold about because I think Blake Griffin's not a max player at all. And then they acquired Danilo Gallinari, former former Nick Gallinari, in a, th- a three-team trade, and they trade away Jamal Crawford. I don't know what the plan is with the Clippers, and I'm starting to feel like they don't really know what the plan is either. They want to try to build around Blake, but as much as Blake gets injured, I feel like that's going to be a mistake down the line. Well, don't forget, they're not just building around Blake. They're building around Austin Rivers, who somehow still seems to be safe in the, in the L.A. Clipper jersey. I don't understand the direction they're going to go because I think your best option, your best asset was Blake after you got rid of Paul. You should have tried to move him and get some pieces because it should be a total rebuild. I feel like the Clippers are trying to, they're trying to do that, you know, like rebuild but still compete at the same time. Because I'm looking mm-hmm. at the NBA season. I'm looking at the NBA season where both LA and New York teams don't make the playoffs. And that's going to speak volumes around the league if that happens. Yeah, they also signed um, a f- overseas point guard, Milos Teal Dozic. He played with um, a Moscow team, signed into a two year, $12 million contract today also. So they got that point guard. They got a replacement for Chris Paul, but I'm still not sold on. And you're right. I think the Clippers won't make the playoffs this year. I, I just don't see it. I see Blake getting hurt at some point in the season, missing significant amounts of time. I don't see. I'm sorry, Patrick Beverly is not the answer. I just don't see yep. how. And if you build it on Austin Rivers, and we talked about this last week about the rumors about what happened with Paul and Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers and. If your job, if your goal as Doc Rivers is to get your son over, and once again we're wrestling fans, so I'll refer back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You look at a Dusty Rhodes back in WCW circa nineteen ninety one, and he pushed his son Dustin. You look at Bill Watts in WCW same time he pushed his son Eric Watts. You look at all these instances where promoters in wrestling push their son, and the fans don't accept them. And I feel like in L.A. that's going to happen because I feel like the fans know what the deal is. The fans know that's the coach's son, and the coach is going to protect the son no matter what. And the fans are going to rebel because you let go Chris Paul. Yes, he was diminished in skill to a point, but you let go of a top five point guard in the NBA for your son who cannot touch Chris Paul. And I feel like the fans know this now, and I feel like they're going to be waiting for that one screw-up that Austin Rivers make, which he will make, and it's going to be all hell breaking loose. I totally agree with you. Austin Rivers is no Cody Rhodes, no Dustin. <laughs> I feel I feel like he needed to go be his own man, go on a different team because, like you said, you know, I feel like the, the fan base for the Clippers. I feel bad for them because they were essentially the Nets before Jason Kidd, and then then Jason Kidd came to the Nets, and we saw how that worked out until he left. And I feel like the Clippers are about to go back to that. Even though they have a better owner in place, that could, something has to be resolved between Jerry West and Doc Rivers sometime down the line. And we'll probably, that'll probably happen next summer. But I do see, mm-hmm. you know, I see, a terrible, I see a terrible season for the Clippers. Because how, without Chris Paul, what use is DeAndre Jordan? What, what, what's, his, what's his use now? He's not going to get the lobs. He's not going to get the pretty passes. He's, you know, he's a back-to-the-basket kind of player. And I don't know what kind of offense they're going to run now, too. So there's a lot of question marks going off the Clippers. 
Well, I, I almost compare. I think I might have compared DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond a few weeks ago. You have two big guys, two big centers who play that traditional center role, and and right. it's a role that is kind of becoming extinct in this modern day NBA. Who can't make foul shots, so you can't play him down the stretch because he becomes a liability when teams are trying to come back. You could just foul DeAndre Jordan, and you give him six foul shots, he may he might make three. So I feel like DeAndre Jordan now becomes a trade piece, but like like right. he's he's a dinosaur now. What do you do with DeAndre Jordan if you get him? You can't really do any much with him. He rebounds, he blocks shots, and that's about it. That's about it. So that's not going to get you. So, that's not, not going to equal W's in today's NBA. No, it's not. So I, the Clippers, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I don't want to guarantee it, but I will say I'm about seventy five percent sure that the Clippers will either one of two things: either make the playoffs would be like an eight, or they'll miss the playoffs by a few games. But they, it'll, it'll be one and done if they make the playoffs, or they may not make the playoffs. But I don't see them having an overly oh. successful season at all. I got a better prediction for you. I think the Clippers win 36 games, and I think the Los Angeles Lakers win 38. So, wait, you're saying the Lakers will win more games than the Clippers? I think so. Ooh. Mm. I don't know. I don't know about that one. That's – so – I'm going what, I'm, what's I'm your, doing what's your percentage. I'm doing it by the I'm doing it by the I'm doing it by the the, the ball effect in terms of we saw what he did in UC, UCLA. He increased their win totals by double. I don't think he's gonna do that for the Lakers, but I do think they're gonna have a great training camp. It's a bunch of young guys and he loves to pass the ball and they never really these young guys never really played with a true point guard. So I I mm-hmm. think it's gonna be a good season. I think Brooke Lopez is gonna have a breakout season as well. I wouldn't be so surprised you're... if he's shooting I wouldn't be surprised if Brooke is shooting 50 to 45% from the three-point line. So what you're saying is you're – so you're buying Lonzo Ball already, Wickers. Yeah. Already? He hasn't played a game yet. I'm, I'm that high. Only – it's a combination of I know it, it's IQ and basketball skill set are going to be through the roof. And I and the Magic is giving him that vote of confidence early. So I'm like, hey, we want to see one. Of, we want to see your jersey up there. You don't. You never really hear a boss tell that to an, an incoming freshman. So I, I'm I'm that sold on him. I'm, I'm telling you, I feel great things for Laker Nation. And the Lakers don't need to make the playoffs. They just have to look impressive, and Lakers will come next summer. That's wow. I, I'm I'm gonna record this. And we'll keep this <laughs> next April and play this to make sure that you remember your your prediction that the Lakers will win more games than the LA Clippers. And I will hold you to this. All right, let's do it. I will be I will be I will be that guy. And like remember what you said last remember what you said in uh, July? Okay. Um in other news, and I wanna we spoke a lot about and we'll get to get Gordon Hayward later, but I think the biggest surprise so far for agency has been one how to, that point guard market kind of dried up within those first couple of hours of free agency and how Kyle Lowry is almost kind of forced to remain in Toronto because that market just disappeared for him completely. How surprised were you that, one, the market, that point guard market just completely disappeared for everyone and that Lowry is kind of – his hand was forced. He had to go back to Toronto even though you probably knew he didn't want to go back. 
Yeah, I was surprised that it, it dried up so quickly. The only thing I could think of is maybe it's that whole, you know, that Warriors domination and a lot of teams like want to don't really want to force the issue. I'm surprised. I know for the Chris Paul effect, him going to Houston kind of changed a lot of dominoes this free agency. Yeah, I'm. I feel like Toronto and they re-signed Serge Ibaka. They lost PJ Tucker, who also went to Houston. So now Houston. Houston's got that got that dog now that they, they got you know a lot of finesse and a lot of up and down play, but now they got that physical player that's gonna add a dimension to them too. That's gonna help them defensively. I don't see Toronto in that upper echelon of the East anymore. I know the the Rosen's still there, Lowry's gonna be there, uh Ibaka's still there, Patrick Patterson either resign or still, I'm not really sure where he went, I can't remember. But I think Toronto fell off a couple of places where you might have considered them maybe that third or fourth best team in the East. You're looking at them as maybe a sixth, maybe seventh best team in the East at this point with all the moves that other teams have made so far. What do you think about that? I, I think they're about this then. They're about the fifth seed. I see them like, well, I mean, let's, let's run down the East. They're not better than Cleveland. They, mm-hmm. They're definitely not better than Boston. I think Washington is still up there. I'm going to put Milwaukee up there as well. So, yeah, they're up, they're about that 5-6. I see them battling maybe a Detroit. They're probably a little better than Detroit. So, yeah, they're definitely in that, the bottom half of the, of the playoff team seedings in the East. I see a fifth or sixth seed for them. But, um, like you said, they were forced. They were forced to, you know, go back. There was no market for them. Uh, Patrick Patterson actually went to OKC. So, now OKC has a, three, a good three-point shooter in Patrick uh, Patterson from Toronto, and they also re-signed Andre Robeson, who's a good defensive player too. So Patterson went there, so Toronto lost another good player. Um, I want to talk about Golden State also because Golden State, and we said Steph Curry's going to get his money, and he got his money. They re-signed Iguodala, although they probably overpaid him a little bit, I will admit. They re-signed Sean Livingston. Durant took a pay cut to stay of about $9 million, and he kind of used that money to sign Swaggy P. Nick Young from the Lakers. Do you think now, can we just put it out there that Golden State's going to repeat as NBA champs next year now? I'm about, I'm about 95%. Maybe at 96%. The same we're going to repeat, but we have to leave a little wiggle room for injury. You never know what might happen. I just, I, I just look at the roster and like they have to resign either Jaja Petrulia or JaVale McGee, but I don't see anyone. I don't see anyone in the East beating them. I don't see anyone in the West beating them, even though the West got a lot better. I still don't see anyone in the West beating Golden State, especially now you get Nick Young, who's going to get a lot of open looks in that offense. You have to resign JaVale McGee. Durant's back. You still have Iguodala. You got Iguodala back. Livingston stayed. Uh, you still have Clay Thompson, who was in China yesterday and, and shot an air ball and missed a dunk, but that's another point. You have Draymond Green. <laughs> you have the same team, and you just you just added another scorer, another shooter who can shoot the lights out on top of what you had already. So your, your top six or seven guys are already set. You have to add in, and, and you got David West actually. They resigned David West, so that's not as eight guys. So if your top eight guys sign, you get a McGee or N or Petrulia. You still have the young guys like a McCall. Like, how do you beat them? Like, how do you beat the Golden State Warriors right now? 
you have to match them with offense, and you have to be more physical than they could be. And I don't see anybody, nobody beating them for the next two years. I think this is this is a dynasty. We're we're about to witness a dynasty. And the only thing you can do right now is take shelter and load up your roster the right way. So kind of like you know, like we anybody making fun of Boston being a bunch of hoarders. I kind of understand what they're doing. They're trying to weather this um, Warriors LeBron storm and be ready for in two years when they have all these great players and all these assets to make a move to get that next championship. It's 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 oh, it kills me. It just kills me. Like seeing their signings and. They're gonna pay a buttload of taxes on on this team this year, next year, year after. But it's gonna be worth every penny. They can sell out their arena. They have a new arena being built in San Francisco, which is gonna be more money. I just and I really I, I have yeah, and I ha- I have this inkling in my in my gut that they're gonna keep Draymond. They're gonna keep these four together as long as humanly possible, and they're gonna give all of their money and just eat the and eat the tax for a couple extra years. I know, and I know. You know, it you know what mm-hmm. it is also? It's it's like you know, it's it's the evolution. We we saw what happened with the Bulls. They could have had more championship, but the owner didn't want to pay. You saw what happened in Miami. The, the Heatles could have been intact a couple more years. They didn't want to pay. Now we have Warriors management that's fairly new. The only owner team, maybe what, almost seven years now. They're willing to spend because they have the best show in the league right now, and they, they want to build this dynasty the right way, so I, I applaud what they're doing. Yeah, it's... It, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm in awe of, of this team and, and how they're doing it and how they're pulling this off. It's, it's just it's amazing to see. Um, the last team in the West I want to talk about is Dallas, and uh, Ramona Shelburne from ESPN talked about Dirk Nowinski's re-signing with the team. Two years, $10 million. And she made a good point, which I didn't think about until she mentioned it. Dirk has been giving money back to the team pretty much every single year for the last two, three years. Now, she believes that Mark Cuban could be taking advantage of Dirk's generosity and trying to help win some games by giving him these little, these little rinky-dink contracts, with this one being the worst. You have a 20-year vet who's carried your franchise, and you're giving him $5 million over the next two years of peace. It's... I feel like I think Mark Cuban is kind of taking advantage of Dirk's generosity and his loyalty to that team. What what, what do you think? I, I totally agree. The only thing I could think of is maybe he's going to put him in the front office when he retires. But yeah, see, this is this is like the total other side of what everybody was mad about Kobe and what he did. He was trying to give no discounts towards the end. So I understand the point of Dirk taking pay cuts out the pay cuts when you know your team's not going to be in any shape to compete for a championship. Why not cash out? Unless, you know, him and Mark Cuban have a behind-the-door handshake agreement where he's going to be, a, you know, in the front office or car ownership. I don't know. I wouldn't be doing I mean, those kind of pay cuts. No, I, I would – well, because it was such a big deal about Durant giving back $9.5 million. And Rob Parker this morning on The Herd was men saying something about how it's uh, – it's a welfare state in Golden State because he's giving money back to the owners who don't really need the money and blah, 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 blah. And in that situation, I get what Durant was doing. Durant's like, we need a few more pieces. I'll give you guys nine and a half back. You're going to break me off next year, though, because I'm going to opt out again and we'll do this all over again. In Dallas, I think 
Dirk legitimately wants to go out a winner. Dirk knows he's not winning a championship in Dallas anymore, but Dirk wants to at least make the playoffs in his last year or these next two right. years. So and he's he, and he's willing to sacrifice. It, it will be and that West. The Dallas, I want Dallas, is not a top eight team in the West, but I see what he's doing. And you have, I think it has some type of side deal where he becomes, uh, you know, he's not going to become GM or president, but he becomes like player personnel guy or something like mm-hmm. that, where they'll get him on the back end. But it, it, it seems, it seems like they, they're really screwed him. Five million dollars is nothing for someone like Dirk Nowinski. That, that's that's shameful. It really is, considering that uh, JJ Redick just signed a one-year, twenty-three million dollar contract. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get to that right now. <laughs> um, we're going to go to the East. And we, we said it at the beginning, the Eastern Conference was decimated during free agency. The East the East fell off hard. So we're going to start with the biggest move in the Eastern Conference. I think, of course, Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics. As of now, it's not done. Um, the Celtics, they're short. They don't want to pay the luxury tax, so they're short some money to hit the to hit that that salary cap max of ninety nine million, so they put three players on the trade block, which is uh, with Crowder be Jay Crowder being the most coveted of the three out there. One, Hayward going to the Celtics, it's going to happen. Him going to the Celtics, does that make the Celtics the, the number one team in the East, or do you think they still have uh, some, some hills to climb before they can touch Cleveland? Well, they still got miles to go before they can touch Cleveland. I think it'll probably be a rematch in the Eastern Conference Finals with the additional Hayward, but it'll probably be the same outcome. It'll probably be Cavs in five. See, I'm, I disagree because I feel like the biggest issue that Boston had was they could – once Isaiah went down, they had no scoring. So you have all these role players and Isaiah Thomas. When Isaiah Thomas go down, you have a bunch of, you have a bunch of role players. You have that one main guy. I think now Boston has, that, has two main guys – that they could really lean on. So if one's having an off night, you could pretty much depend on the other one to have a good night. With Cleveland and the moves they made, I feel like Cleveland hasn't gotten any better. And I feel like Boston has gotten got better. Worse. I feel like even – I'm going. I feel like Cleveland got worse. Like the whole aura, like LeBron's going zero dark quiet. He's not really talking to management. I think I think they're, they're a year older now, so a lot of those old veterans that are coming back. Why is Richard Jefferson coming back? Like I feel like that's gonna be it's gonna be death. it's gonna it's nutrition is is gonna catch to Cleveland one of these days and it might be next season, you know it's and it, to me to me Hayward's not even a key factor for Boston. I'm really sold on Tatum. I think he's a poor man's poor Paul George, and if he has mm-hmm. a, a decent rookie year, that's more firepower to them. So you're right about that. I think Boston might close the gap a little bit. Maybe I'm a little exaggerating saying it's still gonna be five. It might be a competitive five games. We won't get what we got last year in the Eastern Conference Finals with all those blowouts. It's it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to see that Cleveland is kind of staying pat. They signed Jose Calderon, which I don't get the point of that selection. I don't really get where he fits in in that team and then off at any part of the team. Corver came back. You have. Pretty much the same exact team that got smoked to the NBA Finals with the addition of Jose Calderon. And you're right, Jason Tatum. I think it's it's interesting because I think Crowder knows that his spot is is done, his spot is gone. Right. But then, where do you send him? 
You want to do you want to do a sliding trade with Utah? I don't think Utah's gonna take that sliding trade. I think Utah's gonna be like whatever, just 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 go because they're gonna win a lot. Boston's not gonna give up a lot, and it's gonna fall apart. And Boston can go over the luxury tax threshold. But with that, is it is it not worth it to pick up Gordon Hayward and get that player that you desperately wanted for the last what five months? They've been talking about from five months. Yeah, absolutely. You do what you gotta do to get that guy. Yeah, listen, I am not going to sit here and empathize with NBA ownership because they make a ton of money. So if you got to pay ten million luxury tax to have your team good, that's that's, a, that's no problem when you're worth three billion dollars. I'm sorry, I have no sympathy to NBA owners who are billions of dollars who are bitching and moaning about paying uh, fifteen million dollars in luxury tax because your team is good, but you get sellouts every single night. I don't get it. And this is why I have so much, you know, I have to applaud what Golden State is doing. They're going to spend that money. They're, they don't care about the luxury. They'll, they'll have no problem paying the repeater, offending. They'll do whatever it takes to keep this core together and get these championships and have us all forget about the Heatles and possibly challenge the Bulls for six. I really think it's going to be their league for quite some years to come. So in other Eastern Conference news, it actually just came across now. I just got an update on my phone. Rudy Gay, about 16 minutes ago, signed a two-year, $17 million deal with San Antonio. And uh, Vince Carter, old man Vince Carter, signs with Sacramento for one year, $8 million. Sacramento's just 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 loading up on veterans. Rudy Gay to San Antonio is interesting because Rudy Gay can still play. And not a lot of people know that because he played on Sacramento with some crappy teams. I think that that adds really new dimensions to San Antonio now. I think that's a good pick of a spur, the Spurs. So this keeps the Spurs irrelevant in the conversation. Also, damn, the West is loaded. I, I, I know. It uh, it, it, it keeps uh, and so, and now you know Sacramento has. All... Mm-hmm. What was scary about the West being so loaded is one that the Warriors are still that much better than everybody else. I know. <laughs> it's like as as good as these teams are, just signing guys and being smart with this. Antonio picking up pieces and okay, see a little better with Paul George coming in and Patrick Patterson coming in and Golden State still above and beyond everyone else in there. Golden State is still going to get the number one seed in the West. They're still going to win sixty plus games and it, they're going to just go to steamroll through everybody. It 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 kills me how, and maybe I'm maybe I'm making a bigger deal than what it really is, but. I think Golden State is can't be touched. Nope. It was also reported, I think, right before our show started, that Kelly Olynyk, after after the Celtics announced after sorry, after the Celtics after Gordon Hayward announced he would go to Boston, the Celtics renounced Kelly Olynyk's rights and he signed a four-year, fifty million dollar deal with the Miami Heat, who also kept Dion Waiters, who the Knicks were talking to. Do you think this move for the Heat and keeping waiters and I think they added someone else. I got to look it up real fast. Do you think Miami makes the playoffs finally next year? Yes, that's the other okay. team. That's who's going to be fighting for the the, the the final three spots in the East is going to come down to Toronto, Miami, Detroit, and damn, I can't even think of another team. That's how bad the East. I can't even think of another one. It might be Philadelphia. <laughs> so I think I, I think the seven. 
I think trust the process finally, finally gets to the playoffs this season coming up. I'm I'm curious to see Washington because they um the Nets had an offer sheet to Otto Porter, hundred and six million dollars. The Wizards just got the offer sheet. They have two days to match, which they said they will. So Washington's kind of keeping their t- Huh? That's insane to me. That's insane to me that Washington's gonna offer him a max contract. So now you're gonna be tied up in money with Beal, Brown, Wall, and now Porter. Mm-hmm. According to ESPN, uh, Bobby Marks, if Washington matches the deal, which they're going to do, that puts them in a luxury tax for this uh, upcoming season and possibly the 2018-19 season as well. The Nets cap space, job, yeah, if the Nets cap space, if they don't match, goes from 28 million to three and a half million. So even if he goes back to Washington, that's still 28 million dollars to play with, which should be interesting. You can get some lesser-known free agents for some le- for less money, and still hit that ceiling, and you, you have a full team. Right now, the Nets don't really have a, a team, in my opinion. They don't really have a full 13, 14 person squad for their squad for their team right now. So it's going to be interesting the next couple of days. I, you're right. I don't see Otto Porter has a 106 million dollar player. So for Washington to match that, for that's even offer it is a lot, but for Washington to match that is insane. Yeah, I can understand the Nets offering it because they didn't have money they got to spend, so that's why they mm-hmm. kind of like you know shot you know shoot they shot. But for Washington to match it, oh man, I, I like the, the position the Nets are in right now. They could just go ahead and screw up other teams' salary cap structure. I, I'm all for it. <laughs> You're all for the Nets screwing guys. Like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get them in. Let you in. sign, sign. Come on, guys. Yeah. And they're like, okay, no problem. So, there's another team I want to talk about, and it slipped my mind. And I'm trying to think about it. Oh, Milwaukee. That's the team, Milwaukee. So, uh, newly hired ESPN NBA insider Adrian Rosanowski kind of talked about this today on ESPN Radio that. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak, because I mess his name up all the time, is probably going to leave Milwaukee sooner than later after seeing how the whole management issues kind of arose and how things were kind of chaotic in Milwaukee and the GM got let go and Jason Kidd has a little more power that he kind of wanted to get in Brooklyn but didn't get in Brooklyn. And it's kind of unsettled and things going on and new arena stuff. Go, it's It's chaotic in Milwaukee and Giannis wants no part of it. So they're saying him leaving is inevitable at this point. He's going to leave Milwaukee when this contract's up. Do you think this is going to be – and this this CBA, I think, was supposed to help teams like a Milwaukee, like a OKC, keep their players by saying, hey, if you stay with the teams you were drafted with, you'll make more money. Do you think teams are going to look at that uh, – So not teams, but players. Do you think players will look at that and stay with their original teams – or do you think that doesn't matter? They want to, guys want to win, and the money means nothing now. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about it. You know, when the whole the way the you know when the whole Paul George trade happened, because like you said, you know, teams the, the new CBA was supposed to protect the Pacers and teams like that. I think the players now are smarter. They're more mobile. They know they can build their brand anywhere, and all those factors. You would think they would want to stay where they're at and make the most money. 
I think we value winning now. I think LeBron has set the chain of motion where, you know, winning matters more. Especially now, think about it this way. We live in a culture where if you don't win, you get the Jordan crying face. It's a meme. <laughs> These guys, you know, they're, they're very young and they're very sensitive. So I do think, you know, what's, what's me losing $9 million when I know I can play, I can always, re, you know, get opt out, get some money down the long term. So I think they do value winning more. So And, you know, they look at the Knicks. The teams don't want to come to New York. They love the city, but they don't want to play here because of the infrastructure. So I think team, I think players do value great infrastructure and winning. Because look, look at Sacramento. All of a sudden, veterans are going to Sacramento. That was never the case, not since the early 2000s. So I do think, you know, it's a change in times in the NBA where the players – are smarter, wiser, and they want to win. And they'll get their money in the back end. If they're really good, they'll get that sneaky deal. So I, I'm just I'm afraid of the Greek freak going to L.A. Because I feel like in a couple of years, and his contract's up after 2018-2019 season, if, Lonzo, if the Lonzo Ball experiment, like you believe it will, it, it will work. You have Lonzo Ball in L.A., Paul George probably in L.A. You have Brandon Ingram still in L.A. Julius Randle, I'm pretty sure not going to be there. Probably could try to trade him away. It could be very interesting to see Giannis in L.A., a team like that, in two years. A major market team. You don't have to give him a ton of money because he's going to make the money on endorsements and TV shows that he can probably hop in and out in L.A., it's going to be interesting to see if he really does leave where he goes because he really he, – he fits with every single team in the league. Every single team could use a guy like him and him with the perfect team like in L.A. Uh, like a – I'm just going to throw a team out. Like a Houston, like a, like a Philly. I'm just throwing teams out. But it could be very interesting to see where he ends up if he does decide to leave Milwaukee. You know, it's funny, you know, in life – the more things change, the more they remain the same. We saw this with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He left Milwaukee, and then he went to L.A. We saw it with Shaq. He left Orlando. He went to L.A. Dwight Howard did the same thing. It's just something about that, you know, something about um, Southern California. It seems to draw these centers. It, it's 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 very interesting, and I'm gonna keep an eye on this. And another Woj bomb, Wojnowski. I've, I've been following him for years, anyway. But just since Thursday night, like my phone's been buzzing every time he says something. It's like he he he's the man I aspire to be when I grow up. That, that's who I want to be when I grow up. I'm more worried about what the Eastern Conference All Star team will look like. God. <laughs> well, let's we're gonna go rapid fire through some signings and tell me what you think about them. So we're gonna go with Drew Holiday's deal was done even before the min the midnight start free agency. Five years, one hundred twenty six million. Do you think he was overpaid? Or do you think that was money well spent for New Orleans? Overpaid, but you know the market dictated that he was to get that money. So definitely think it was overpaid, but definitely. I wouldn't have done it, but it makes sense why they did it. Paul Millsap, three years, $90 million with Denver. Does he make Denver a level? They won't be contenders. They won't, probably went to playoffs. Do you think that he makes them just a little bit better? 
he makes them a little bit better. They'll be they'll be fighting for that eight seed as well. It's gonna be a lock jam for that eight and seven seed in the West. George Hill, three years, fifty-seven million to Sacramento. The Sacramento compete for a playoff spot this year. They compete for a playoff spot. I thought that was they overpaid, overspent for him. Fox is your point guard going forward. You didn't have to give George Hill all that money. Could've, you could have let him come to the Knicks. Jeff Teague, three years, $57 million. Todd Gibson, two years, $28 million to Minnesota. Will money Thibodeau's well play it? Yeah, there was a question. Because there was an okay. article looking at Thibodeau and how Thibodeau essentially is getting the band back together, picking up Jimmy Butler, getting Taj Gibson. And Thibodeau, and these, these signings, he's saying, listen, mm-hmm. I don't care about this new NBA. I'm going to play the game, the game my way. I'm going to play the game that I know. And defense, slowing the game down, and playing my guys 40 minutes a game. Do you think that will work in Minnesota? Or does Thibodeau have to show that he can change and adapt to this new NBA? You know, I think he'll adapt. I think he'll change and, you know, he'll adapt properly. I think, I think, you know, I do think Minnesota's going to make the playoffs. I see the metaphor seed. I think, you got to remember, yeah, there's a lot of veterans on the team, but the still core of the team is still young guys. And those are the guys who are going to carry, carry them in to the fourth quarter down the stretch. Fresh legs. I don't think Pitts is going to wear them down the way he did in Chicago. I think he learned that lesson. And I, I like the team that he's assembling. I really do. Patty Mills, four years, $50 million to stay in San Antonio. Just told you about the Rudy Gay signing. Uh, give me a percentage that you believe that San Antonio could beat Golden State. <sighs> as, of today, as of today, I'm going to give them 1%. If they can move One. Aldridge and get some pieces, it might go up to 10 Okay, 1%. Got it. Write that down to him. J.J. Redick, one year, $23 million in Philly. Two-fold question. What the hell is Philly thinking paying J.J. Redick $23 million? And does Philly make the playoffs, yes or no? I don't know what they were thinking. That's a lot of cheesecake you can get for that money. I feel like that money could have been somehow worked out for Lowry, which would have been a better pickup. They do make the playoffs, though. I, I do think, I believe the process will have them as the seventh or eighth seed in the East. Darren Collison, two years, $20 million to go to Indiana Pacers. How bad will the Pacers be this year? <sighs> They're going to be bad. They might be next bad. Oh, wow. So they're going to uh, they're gonna unseat the Nets for the number one draft pick actually, next year, no. you're saying? Actually, no. The Nets, the Nets will be better than them. I'll, say, I'll stand back. <laughs> the Nets will be better than them. They'll be I second. Think Indiana. Yeah, they, Indiana Orlando is going to be fighting for that number one, number one ping pong next year. Okay. And finally, Justin Holiday, two years, $9 million. And we're going to go back to the Knicks because you have to kind of finish the show with Knicks stuff. What the hell should the Knicks do? What what what's the plan? What what if you were GM, if you were Steve Mills, do you, and not as useless as Steve Mills, what would you do right now for this team? I hate to say it, there's really nobody out there, but you know who, and I'm gonna have to talk to him. And be like, listen, <laughs> do you want to come back? <laughs> Are you willing to come back at a discounted rate? 
And that's their glory. Mm. <sighs> oh, no. And no, 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 no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't want Derrick Rose tutoring Frank. I, I, I don't I just I don't want Rajon Rondo tutoring Frank. I don't want neither one of those guys near this point guard. And that's it. Now I get to stand pat. <laughs> it I'm looking at who's left over right now. You look you have uh Mano Ginobili, he's either gonna re-sign San Antonio or retire. You have Jeff Green. Paul Gasol's gonna re-sign San Antonio, it just depends on where they meet. Aaron Afalo, Tyreek Evans, Monte Ellis just cut by Indiana. He's available. Gerald Henderson's around. Tiago Splitter's around. Ilya Silver's still around. Festus Azili's still around. Ron Sessions is still out there. Tony Allen is still there. You don't have, like, you're right. You, they kind of, I, I try really hard to think of an excuse for them, but I don't have one. It's been a week since Frangie started. At midnight tonight, it'll be one week since Frangie officially started. What, ha- what what have you done to make this team better? They have the, they've done nothing, and it's it's disgusting to see that. Yeah, you know, you fired your president. We get it, but it's still business as usual. Cleveland still signed Jose Calderon. They fired their GM. Like they still working. Like, are you even? Is Steve Mills even looking at tape? Is he even making phone calls? Is he is he trying to sign people? I'm afraid not. I, I'm afraid he's just, you know, he's tweeting himself, trying to figure out what he wants to do, and he can do anything. It's, and you look at the rock, like, you still have Porzingis. I love Kyle O'Quinn. I think Kyle O'Quinn is underrated. You still have Joe Noah and that ridiculous contract that you cannot move, so you're stuck with him. You let Justin Holiday go as a good younger player. You resign Ron Baker, so that's the one move he made. You resign Ron Baker, who is at best your second, maybe third point guard in the roster. Besides that move, you've really done nothing to remotely make fans think that you know what you're trying to do. So it's like, what's next? Do you sign Rajon Rondo and deal with his crazy ass the whole year, or do you go get Derrick Rose for one year as a prove-it year, but like, just stay here for one year, and you can go make money someplace else? Because obviously the market for Derrick Rose isn't that strong, or he would have been picked up by now. Exactly, which is why I think the Knicks are getting him at a discounted rate, and <laughs> Steve Mills could be like, "I did something." Yeah, I did. I did one thing. <laughs> I did one good thing. <laughs> and then James Dolan could pat him on the, the head. Only thing, like, good. That's the only thing I can see the Knicks doing, and that's and I don't know how the fan base feels about that. Seem like. Fan base are ready to move on off of Rose and Mel right now, but somehow well, we're stuck with both of them. Well, it's it's to the point. Well, Mills is rumor has it Mills is probably going to get pushed to president of the team, and if David Griffin does get signed, he'll be GM. So he'll be he could possibly be working for Steve Mills, the most useless man in basketball. And that's, it's just a, it's just like, it's, it's called, it's called failing upwards. I have a lot of people, there's a lot of people I know in their careers that fail upwards. And this is the prime example of failing upwards, Steve Mills, by far. Oh man. We'll be watching a lot of college basketball again this season. 
Oh yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, there'll, there'll be no Nick talk. I think on this show for for a while. I think I think we need to stay away just to kind of keep our blood pressure low and just kind of keep us from ha- having a heart attack. Well, the only saving grace is I expect Christoph Porzingis to make the All Star team this year. I mean, there's no one in the East. It's, it's like Dickens are kind of <laughs> slim for him now. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an e- that's an easy prediction. <laughs> I'm I'm really rooting for him, and I'm rooting for Russell to make it for the Nets as well. Because that's all we got to look for in New York sports on basketball this season. Yeah, that's 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 good to know. Uh, so one of our final stories tonight is about Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh and the Heat finally part ways. They waive uh, Chris Bosh this week, and they plan on retiring his number. Uh, for Chris Bosh, and obviously he came down with LeBron, and he joined forces with Dwayne Wade. Had a good career in Toronto before he came to Miami. Then health issues, blood clots, and his career prematurely. Is Chris Bosh a Hall of Famer? Do you think? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes because of the heat, the heat success. If you take that away from him, he's pretty much just rubber, same numbers. But I'm going to, because mm-hmm. he was on a championship winning team, you know, they won the two championships, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to say yes. Yeah, I mean, you put a great number in Toronto. So, like I said, the only difference between him and Weber was Poppy Green. So, I'm going to say yes. See, I, in situations like this, I watched the uh, Vince Carter interview on NBA TV. And he talked about when him and McGrady played together in uh, Toronto. And it was really brief. It wasn't a long time they played together. And him and McGrady still talk about what if? What if we stayed together? What if McGrady didn't paper chase and go to Orlando? I said the same thing with Bosch in Toronto. I feel like Bosch had a really good career going in Toronto. What if he didn't leave Toronto? What if? And obviously he wanted to play with his friends. He wanted to win a championship. And in Toronto at the time, he wasn't going to win a championship. But what if he stayed in Toronto, maybe took less money, and they built around him? Would you see Toronto maybe making, not saying winning championships, but maybe making deeper runs, maybe making the NBA Finals? Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his career. I'm like, what if he stayed in Toronto? Oh, man, they would, they would have probably. You know what? Toronto would have been the same predicament they are now, where they're not really a creating destination. They would have, they would have probably, they wouldn't have gotten. It would have been tough. It would have been tough, but I think he would have been putting up still similar numbers. And what makes Chris Bosh so special in terms of, like, why I think he's a Hall of Famer? If he was the first, like, we see the culture of the NBA is going now, where it's super teams, big threes, big fours. He was the first to really embrace that role. You know, when it was Boston big three, you know, they, they were all much older veterans, so it didn't really bother them too much. But as the younger guys, like Bosh, having to be the third wheel after being the man in Toronto – he laid mm-hmm. the blueprint on how you're supposed to handle that. I think Kevin Love's doing the – he's doing an okay job, but he's not doing a job the way Bosch was doing in terms of handling and all that. And you kind of see it with, um, with Warriors now. They're all handling it very well, and I think that's because of, uh, you know, the, the, the examples of Chris Bosch. And our final story tonight, and we have about four minutes, so we're going to run through this really fast. Chauncey Billups withdraws his name from the Cleveland Cavalier GM slash president search reports have that Billups did, didn't want to take the job because of direction, but reports also have 
Cavs owner Dan Gilbert lowballing him, only offer him $2 million to be GM of the team when it's going great for GMs is about $4 million. Unless your name is Phil Jackson, you make, you know, you make 12 and rape and pillage a team. Um, who would be dumb enough to take this job with this meddling owner who apparently lowballs everyone? I didn't know Griffith was only making $1.2 million last year as GM of the Cavs and asked for a raise and got let go. So do you see anyone oh, wow. really jumping at this job or them kind of going with who's ever in charge right now, who I think is the assistant GM? I think they're going to probably have to promote the assistant GM. I didn't know David Griffin was only getting 1.8. Jeez. I think – One point – no, wait. One, 1.2. 1. 1.2. 1. 2. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one, County probably did feel low-balled, and two, he's looking at the situation, you know, we don't know what LeBron's saying or not. We don't know. what You know, we know he, him and the owner would probably butt heads eventually. He'll always meddle in. So, yeah, I think it was good for Chauncey to not take the job, and you're not going to get a high-class GM coming in there now. David Griffin was a safe, logical pick. He was underpaid. Overworked and underpaid, like most of Americans. And when he asked for a raise, he was like, no. He's going to get – if he takes – if the Knicks give him the job, he's easily going to make two times what he was getting paid in Cleveland. So, yeah, it's a messy situation. It's a very messy, sticky situation over there in Cleveland. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that in Griffin – all Griffin wanted was – I think he asked for – and this is the rumor. Obviously, I don't know for sure. But rumor has it he only asked for $2.5 million a year, and he wanted a little bit more personnel power. And Dan Gilbert said no. So you know Billups, who obviously Billups has never been a GM, but a lot of people at NBA Circle see, G, uh, see Billups has this GM in waiting who's a guy who knows the NBA and just knows what he's doing. And to give him two is like, what? are you trying? Do you want to pick him? Do you want Chauncey Billups? Or are you just here? Do you just invite him in just for the interview? Because it, it's good PR to get like a really good, good player. Mm-hmm. I think it was all PR. I think it was all PR. And I think the real reason he got rid of Danny, the real reason he got rid of um, Griffin, I think is he doesn't want to give, he doesn't want to have the idea of LeBron's really going to right, have all this power. Because we all know, you know, Griffin would have been over backwards for LeBron. So I don't think Gilbert wants that anymore. It, it it just it kills me. And listen, this continues. There's still some guys not signed. We're going to talk about that next week. There's still a lot to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks do between now and next Thursday. Hopefully, something. But Jason has always awesome show. Likewise. And next week we will have a show next week. The week after we might take a week off. I have to work, so I'm trying to get out of that. So we will keep you posted. And just look forward to the box. We do some different things this summer. I know basketball. The news kind of dies out after about next week until about August, September. So. We have some things planned for some sh- cool shows, so stay tuned. Don't leave us just because the season's over. We're not done. We have things going on. So once again, this is the box out. Jason, have a great week. Hopefully, the Knicks do something, and we'll talk through text. <laughs> you got it. All right. So we'll see you next Thursday night here on the box out. Double G Sports Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next Thursday night, eight p.m. Have a great night. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Peace.